0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Audio Judo, this being the close of year episode, end of year, close of year, year year-end wrap-up, whatever you like to call it. That is what this is. Uh, I am here. I am Matthew. I'm Kyle. And uh, we are uh, glad to be here again. As I reflected on the year 2019, I am at once energized by this program and a renewed passion that I have now for music that uh, this particular thing helps spur. I am grateful most of all to uh, Kyle and Randy for their amazing contributions to this for little or no benefit, but mostly no benefit to the guests we've had like the cold stairs, uh, St. Petersburg, Daniel Victor, the upcoming dirty streets. Um, my wife, Heather, who uh, guested on the holiday uh, episode. Uh, Kirby, who was on the Houses of the Holy episode. Uh, my son, Christian, who's uh, involved in the social media aspect of uh, audio judo. And most of all, to every person uh, who's listened to this podcast, it truly is an honor for me. And I'm blown away by how many people have actually listened to it. And uh, from my vantage point, we're just getting started, everybody. Uh, we have an exciting Six months or so planned out right now, with some uh, legendary artists coming on here, which I am uh, just flabbergasted that they agreed to to Matthews show us.
1: Pee pants excited about some bit. of the interviews we've got coming up.
0: Um, he and giggles our,
1: like a schoolgirl a lot when he's talking about it. It's really <laughs> weird.
0: And our typical usual banter about records. Uh, but we have a year to close out with this. Our top five individual records of 2019 oh yeah so i am excited
1: i'm really excited about this it was a very uh difficult uh, list to come up with
0: it was not easy uh, and that's actually right here in my notes first thing i said first of all how difficult was this i said and i'm like you know not for the good reason of oh shit There's there were so, so many records this year that i loved how could i pick just five nope I had to pick five that I thought were the best, but they certainly aren't on any of my top fifty of all-time records. Yeah. Not even close. Oh no way. Uh, but all this renewed energy that I have about music, I thought perhaps you know maybe maybe I'm being a little more critical with this show in mind. You know maybe I'm maybe I have too much of a uh, Rolling Stone. Oh, no. Set of eyeballs on this, no, but I, no. I'd like to believe that that isn't the case. I hope I, it's not. I want to believe that I'm letting more in, but who knows? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about generally. So. <laughs> I know who that does, I though? I know that I love music. I know this is my vehicle to share that love of music with other people, and um, so I'll continue to do it until uh, I don't know, as long as I can talk, I guess.
1: Don't uh, don't jinx yourself that way. Also, let's be real here. This this is like this as a vehicle. This is like a uh, like a three wheeled milk delivery truck. One of those European. Oh, I like those. numbers. It's pretty like cool. The, you know, the, but they go around a corner too fast and everything spills out.
0: Ooh, So like a big wheel? Yeah, a big wheel. Going to like throw the brake on yeah. it and do, <sighs> do cool do slide burnouts. It. Pretty much, yeah. But at least it's a vehicle.
1: That's true. It's going somewhere. Some sort of conveyance. Right? As long as we're careful, it won't tip over. So, uh,
0: yeah. So, you want to start? We want to go first? Yeah, we'll just so, uh, go and back d- and forth?
1: Yeah. And, uh, other than being just something that came out in 2019, uh, did you do anything uh, in particular to pick these? Because I, uh, I, I kind of, one of my criteria was it had to be an album that I actually listened to in 2019.
0: Yes, that is so that is true.
1: Nothing yeah. that I picked was something that just... A couple of these did come out towards the end of the year. uh. You know, October, November. So sure. I only listened to them a few times. But uh, none of them were like, oh, I forgot that came out this year and I never listened to it. But let's throw it on there because I listened to it once for this episode. No. These are all things that I've listened to a couple of times.
0: Yes, these are all uh, records that I am familiar with, mm-hmm. that I listen to repeatedly and that I enjoy listening to. It wasn't anything I, I did do a a rudimentary search through uh, a bunch of magazines, top 50 albums of the year um, to see if any of these happened to be on any of those lists. One of them was, but for the most part I was kind of just dumbfounded looking at that list going, I don't, I don't, I don't know most of these at all. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: I don't even know who these people are. There's a, How did Tanya Tucker get on this list? That's what I'm like, what?
1: Tanya Tucker? I think for me, one of the biggest... I thought she was dead. I, I think for me, one of the biggest surprises... There were a couple of big surprises in, in doing this research, but uh, the first one was how much of music that's coming out now is classified as alternative. Hmm. Like, rather than being in a specific genre. I mean, I guess alternative is a genre, but... I think so that's much just it, the
0: catch-all for...
1: yeah. And so much of what I apparently enjoy listening to now is considered alternative. Uh, And on top of that, how much of the new music that's coming out falls in alternative? I knew that hip hop was a big, cat. well, hip hop, whatever you want to call it. I knew that was going to be probably by far the majority of the albums that were coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's almost two to one, if my count is correct. Wow! So basically, you know, for every hundred hip hop albums that come out, there's 50 other albums that are coming out.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
1: Yeah. Other thing I was super surprised about is how much hard rock and heavy metal there was that came out this year. It's a year lot of metal. That I had not heard at all. Like, it just didn't even register on... Well, where are you going to hear it? That's exactly the thing. There's...
0: Unless you're listening to Ozzy's Boneyard, yeah. maybe, or something else on Sirius, you're not going to hear it. You're not going to hear it on terrestrial radio. Yeah. Um, and,
1: and even then so much of that is, is classic stuff. Sure. It's like, you know, cause that's what people want to hear and they'll throw in a new song every once in a while. But so much of it is just, yeah.
0: If you're you going to hear metal on the radio, you're going to hear, you're going to hear inner Sandman or something. exactly. Uh, you're going to hear that kind of black Sabbath maybe, Yeah, but you're not going to hear, uh, any of the like Baroness or any of the, the, the metal people that are out now. Yeah. It's just under the radar. And the classifications are so weird because alternative, when I was growing up and in listening to music in the 80s, you know, was The Cure and stuff like that, which then kind of transferred and became modern rock. Yeah. And then uh, Nirvana, stuff like that, became college radio. And it the, the label changed. And you wonder what then, is it the stuff they don't know what to call it, they just call yeah. alternative. And that's just kind of where they it just lands. just
1: stamp it. Alternative,
0: it's alternative to what to everything (laughs) to to
1: any other music you could be listening to exactly.
0: But I'm with you that it, where are you going to hear it unless you seek it out? Which has made everyone silo up Mm -hmm. about what they listen to. If I like this type of music, I can listen to just this type of music exclusively on the radio if I have serious and just listen to metal. Yeah, where when I was. A kid, you know, if you wanted to listen to the radio, you were going to get exposed to a pretty, even if you were listening to a rock station, you were going to get a pretty wide range of rock music. You were going to get Tom Petty, you were going to get Bon Jovi, you were going to get Van Halen, you were going to get a bunch of different things, and now if I only want to listen to Tom Petty type stuff, I could just go to Tom Petty Radio (laughs) and just listen to that particular thing all the time. So, so uh,
1: what we're saying is, SiriusXM, please sponsor our podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we can listen to audio judo 24 hours
1: a day. Perfect. The audio judo SiriusXM network. I love it. It's like Howard Stern. Right. And I can only filthier. We could curate uh, stuff people should be listening to. Right. It'd be great. That'd
0: be an easy way to do it.
1: All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's just talk all the time. Let's do this, though. That was just kind of a talk uh, all
0: the time anyway. It yeah, would be much of a change.
1: I was just kind of curious how you, how you picked these, but that's a. Uh, that's some uh, good talking points there. Yeah, it was good. Let's so you go
0: ahead and uh, you can start.
1: These are in no particular order. These are just the five that uh, I feel were pretty good albums this year. Number one for me was uh, Weezer, but not the Black album, the Teal album. It's all covers. And I know a lot of people out there immediately like, but you know what? I like it. I have been listening to it since it came out. It's fun. I definitely think that uh, it's different.
0: I think it's an excellent record.
1: I think it is too. Especially, uh, for some reason, take on me. Everybody that does a cover of that song, I love the cover. Of it's it. great. I don't know what it is. It's just every time I'm like, oh boy, another cover of it. Is
0: there a Eurythmics cover on there? There or is. Not? Uh, okay.
1: Everybody wants to rule the world.
0: No, that's Tears for Fears. Oh, so Weezer's uh, Sweet Dreams. Sweet dreams. So there is a Eurythmics on there. That's so.
1: uh, yeah. Uh, it's actually the third track
0: on there. Okay, I like it. I the covers are pretty faithful. Yes. Um, to the originals, they they're not taking. There's not like a whole bunch of chances taken with them, but they're very, very well done. the The Africa version of it, replacing uh, the keyboard yeah. solo with a guitar solo, is actually quite interesting.
1: The one thing that I did think was really interesting about this, though, is how how nobody critically liked this album at all. Which, you know, surprise. But yeah, why? Uh, all Music editor Stephen Thomas uh, Erlewine, I believe is how his last name is pronounced, wrote this quote, and I thought it was pretty funny. Taken on strictly musical terms, the Teal album is pretty anodyne stuff. Weezer replicates the arrangements of beloved songs, adds a bit more fuzz on the guitar solos, and flattens the vocal affectations, which amount to one weird trick. Weezer doesn't attempt to to make the songs their own, yet these versions unmistakably sound like Weezer. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that
0: sounds great. What was that, like (laughs) the third or fourth word in that review?
1: Strictly musical terms, the teal album is pretty anodyne stuff. Anodyne, a n o d y n e, anodyne.
0: So he's just a pretentious dickhead, is what you're saying. He
1: has access to a thesaurus, for sure. So he's
0: just writing to feel smarter than everybody else that's listening.
1: That's what I feel. That's yeah. If you're using a word like anodyne, what an ass! (laughs) Like what? I don't know how that
0: benefits anybody. Yeah, it's uh It's just garbage. Because
1: does it make people happy? I don't know. Like why does I don't understand why our culture has become shitting on stuff.
0: Yeah. Hypercritical just, of something that's enjoyable
1: to listen to. It's it's one thing to say, I enjoy listening to something. It's another thing to say, I'm going to shit on this thing. And I realize critics' jobs are sort of to be critical, you know, and, and to, you know, come out and say, hey, this isn't very good, but it has just become them shitting on things that they don't enjoy. They're no longer critical about it. They just say, well, I didn't like this, so now I'm going to shit on it. Yeah,
0: There's no positivity in there. There's no, they could have done this differently. Hey, maybe if they had done this, it's just, that's garbage. Yeah. It's just, it's just crap. Anodyne, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm, I'm important. I exactly I had, I had word of the day, toilet paper. And this is what <laughs> I came up with. Like, I don't care. Like what a, what a jack hole. <laughs> I mean, that kind of stuff makes me mad because there's no reason for it. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Good. I'm not going to tell you that if you like, if you email me and say, I really like, I really like Tanya Tucker's new album. Good. I just didn't know she had a new record. (sighs) I think she hadn't made anything since like the eighties. But what do I know? So my, uh, my first one is a, it's a band called Matthew and the Atlas. Mm. And it's a record called morning dancer. This is a obscure, UK band that I found about five years ago when they released a record called Other Rivers, and I kind of find it hard to classify the sound. Uh, best I've landed on is like southwestern electric or uh, electric folk. It's bizarre. Ooh. I'm not sure what it is musically that I love about it. And I said, uh, you know, maybe it's the space in in the songs because there's a lot of there's a lot of empty space in the songs. But this guy's voice is like super unique, strange sounding. And this one, this album that they just released, isn't even one of my favorite records by them. But such are the choices that I have in 2019. Yes. But there are some really excellent songs. So if uh, people download this, uh, Pyres is a super song. Tower Above the Sun sounds like it could fit on uh, an earlier Nick Drake um, album. Oh, this is what I was playing. This is what you were listening to earlier. Yes. This album where previous records used um, a lot more electronic sounds, as uh, they replaced a lot of those with some brass touches hmm. and pushes some of the electronic stuff a little bit further down in the mix, which is interesting. I found some limited reviews of it and people praise the guy's voice and note, quote, it's a nice addition to their catalog and building on what they've created. So, which isn't that high of a praise, nah. but nevertheless, I think it's an excellent record, uh, especially on the way home from work. It fits nicely.
1: Takes about that amount of time. Boom. It fits
0: nicely. Boom. (laughs) This is where you told me last night to write boom. Oh. And an exclamation point in my notes. So I did boom.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm glad I told you to put that in there. It was well worth
0: it. Right? Because it didn't make any sense. But you said put it in there. That's exactly where it landed. Because it it fits nicely. Right. Right. Fits nicely.
1: Boom,
0: boom. Not to, not <laughs> giggity or anything. Just boom,
1: just boom. So that's that one. Yeah. Uh, next one on my list is uh, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. This is their first album in six years. Yeah. Uh, it's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> it feels very long to me. Like there's a lot of tracks on it. 18 tracks on here.
0: Yeesh. Father of the
1: what? Father of the Bride, like the Steve Martin movie. Mm. So there are 18 tracks on uh, Father of the Bride. It's it, There are some good ones on there, and they do kind of, uh, like I don't know if you've listened to some of their previous work. A little bit, uh, yeah. Um, some. A lot of times their albums are kind of all over the place, not necessarily genre-wise, but uh, sound-wise. Like uh, I can't remember the album that has a punk or a punk, whichever way you want to pronounce it on it.
0: What's the classification on them? Are they emo? What are they?
1: Post-hardcore punk? I think I'm going to say alternative. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, I don't know what they would like officially be classified as. American indie rock is what Wikipedia has to say.
0: Interesting. American as opposed to British indie.
1: Uh, apparently this is also their first album on a major label, I suppose to Thanks Columbia Records, Bolly Rock, it's the Indian <laughs> version. But it's a it's not a bad album. It has some very fun numbers on it. Uh This Life is pretty good and so was uh, Sunflower featuring Steve Lacy. Mm. Uh pretty good uh, okay. pretty good song. It's a fun short song, but I liked it. Um but it's a it's a good it's an okay album. Another one. All right.
0: I didn't realize they had released a, a new record it this year. It
1: just came out. I guess it came out in May. May 3rd, 2019.
0: Just came out.
1: Just came out in
0: 2019. Six, I'm, I'm, seven months ago. I'm
1: thinking of the next album oh, on my list. Oh, boy. Or two, three albums away on my list. But I'm thinking of the last album on my list. Holy
0: smoke. It just came out. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, so going from two to five. I'm all over the place tonight. I'm sorry. It's all right.
0: Doing good. Yeah, you're doing. You're doing just fine.
1: Doing great. You're Let's doing, start this over from the beginning.
0: Just doing great.
1: Just uh, doing great. There you go. Though it's it's a give it a listen. It's a good follow up to their previous album. And uh, there's a couple of songs in there that I actually like.
0: So uh, number two for me is uh, by the Who, and it's Who, which is the name of the new record. Who by the Who.
1: Who, and we are talking about Who, the Who, the British rock band, yeah. not. not- the Who, H-U, correct. the Mongolian heavy metal throat warbling band.
0: That is correct. Okay, I just want to clarify. Is The Who. Uh, we live in a 2019,
1: you have to clarify that.
0: From one side of the spectrum uh, to the other. From a relatively unknown band, which is my first one, to one of the most accomplished bands of all time. Agreed. And at first I was extremely apprehensive about this record um, after their last offering, Endless Wire, from 2006. Before that, their last studio record was 1982's It's Hard. Wow. And to me, the only listenable songs on that are Athena and Eminence Front. Eminence Front's a great song. Oh, yeah. So, two records in 37 years. So I wasn't holding out hope that this would be any good. Surprise, surprise. It is an excellent record. Excellent. It's a well-crafted, bunch of well-crafted songs that remind us just what a great songwriter Pete Townsend actually was.
1: Hmm.
0: And Roger Daltrey, while weathered and worn at 75 years old, still holds up really well. Uh, a couple of standout tracks, uh, Beads on One String and Hero Ground Zero, are fantastic. Uh, it's actually based on a um, a book, like a, a fiction novel that Pete Townsend released this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so he kind of they coalesced a little bit together. One of the, uh, with the best line from one of the songs is, uh, in the end, every leader becomes the clown. As soon as I read that, I'm like, well, he's obviously speaking present tense, Yeah, which I love. <laughs> Most surprising revelation I got from researching this record was learning just how much these two guys who have been in a band for 50 years, absolutely hate one another (laughs) hate each other so interesting story i think i talked to you about this before they recorded this record on completely different continents they were never in the same room at the same time when they made this record pete townsend wrote it in la he would email the tracks to roger daltrey in england who would sing them and the producers would send each send the shit back and forth, back and forth and mesh it together. So the first time they actually performed it was when they were rehearsing to go out on tour. Wow. But they are really, really well-written songs. And it's, it's, it, it takes you back to, I've, I've read stuff that it's the best record they've made since Quadrophenia. And, and it's, it's really, really good, which is, it just, uh, it makes you happy. They're 74, 75 years old. There's a good possibility that this is this is the Swan Song record. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're going out with a really good record instead of laying a dud and then walking out. Yeah. Not that they would have cared, because they don't care. Pete yeah. Townsend just doesn't give a shit. But I'm so glad for fans. It's like, this is. I'm glad they, they're going out like this.
1: I think it's good for their legacy, just generally, too. Because, I mean, it, it once again proves that they were not just like oh we're just a loud rock band or you know oh we were just you know we were popular because we could you know make pop hits you know they were loud and they could make pop hits yep but they were also very talented they are a very talented band they're very innovative. smart and innovative and and they're still making stuff that people want to hear
0: Pete townsend I'm, i know chris is listening out there and chris was uh responsible for me listening to the who in the first place, my brother who was my primary musical inf- influence really didn't listen to the who when I was young. So when I had met Chris, he's like, hey, is you listen to this? Did you listen to this? I'm like, uh, I n- not know just what I've heard on the radio. And he's like, Oh, you gotta. And he's like, listen to scoop. And all, it's like all this Pete Townsend demos from years and years and years. to get released these records that were Tommy's demos and Quadrophenia's demos and all these all the stuff that he had written and I'm like holy crap this guy is amazing <laughs> in in the innovation in the song craft and all that and him making that transition still to to keep writing good songs and not just banging out whatever but really taking his time I mean it's a good it's a good uh it's a good period on the Who sentence so so uh, yeah, number two for me is Who by The Who.
1: I like it. Sweet. I've only listened to like a couple of tracks on it. I need to finish it up. But uh, so far, I like it. Yeah, you
0: should. It's good. That's it. That's it. For number two for
1: me. For number two. Third one on my list was... Uh, this has been on my playlist, and I've I've listened to it probably... Oh, I don't know. I'd say once every week or so since we interviewed uh Chris Tapp from the Cold Stairs. But uh, ways by the Cold Stairs. Hey, that's number 4 on my list. Hey, there you go. All well, we right. just got a we just got a twofer. Yeah, we did. But uh yeah, it, it has really been it's a fantastic album. I know I say fantastic a lot, but it is a fantastic album. I it, when I first kind of heard it, I was like, "Yeah, this is not really my sound, but I've kind of fallen in love with it." It's a a really great, really listenable album. It's f- pleasant. It's fun at sometimes, and it's serious and kind of sad at sometimes. and it's it's uh it's it's very good. And if you haven't listened to it by this point, because I think we've plugged it like four or five times on this podcast, go listen to it
0: right. I'm proud Please. to call this band a friend of the podcast right. Now. Um this was an eye opener of a record that yeah. kind of restored my faith in the belief that there are still new bands out there making really good rock and roll agreed. And from the opening riff of Any Way the Wind Blows to the solemn acoustic finish of Jackson, Mississippi, this record grabs you by the throat, shakes you around, <laughs> and reminds everyone what is good and right about rock and roll. And, and, and I love it. I'm so grateful to uh, Joe Bonamassa for recommending yeah. that people listen to this and for all the stars to align that allowed us to talk to them see them live and to meet them. Uh, They're really great gentlemen to boot. Yeah. And if this record's any indication, uh, you know, we're going to be hearing a lot of them. I hope we do. For years. I mean, it's, it's such a great record to listen to. And I'm, I was uh, pleased, very pleased to listen. (laughs) So yeah, we got a twofer. Twofer. The old twofer. Number three for me is uh, by Jimmy Eat World. Their rec- new record is called Surviving. It's the oft-overlooked Arizona emo-ish rock band. Hmm. It's a solid offering. It's, uh the lead singer Jim Atkins uh, uh, s- uh, had some addiction problems. So this is the first uh, record post-addiction problems. So everyone knows Jimmy World for their uh, for that song, the middle, that one song. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they never really got the attention they deserved, writing these super catchy hooks and emo lyric stuff. But they keep churning out good records, and this is no exce- no exception. And there's there's not particularly anything daring or standout-ish about it, but the songs are really good. Well-crafted. Nice guest appearance by uh, AFI's Davey Havoc on there. Mm. Uh, it's a good album to uh, crank up. So that's, uh, that's my number three, four, three
1: hasn't, uh, didn't even blip on my radar. So I will definitely have to go listen to it.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's a good record. I I, it, it showed up, I think in October and it was like, oh, that's, I like this band. And I'm like, oh, that, it's hmm. good. It's good again. There we go. There it is.
1: Number four on my list is, uh, Mika. My name is Michael Holbrook. I don't know yeah. if you know anything I about don't. Mika. I want to, oh, we're, we're definitely gonna have to do one of his albums on an upcoming episode. I'm just trying to decide which one. Oh, it's a dude? Yes. Um, he's been compared favorably uh, to like a modern day Freddie Mercury. His stories are really similar. Uh, he was born, in, I forget exactly where he was born, outside of the UK, immigrated with his parents to the UK, uh, grew up and started, you know, just has loved music since he was a kid, started making his own music when his first couple albums came out in the late 2000s. I think the first one was life in cartoon motion. Basically, his music producer told him he is depending upon which uh, which press release you you look at, either bisexual or fluidly sexual or gay, mm. depending on which you know which time frame you look at. Mm-hmm. but uh, when his when he first started to become commercially successful, his uh, music producer and his manager basically said, you can't come out. You have to stay in the closet because this will, this will, this will end your career. And this was two thousand seven, two thousand eight. It's so, ridiculous, right? But his music was very. Uh, I mean, Jesus. There's a song called One Foot Boy. Come on, man. We know you. We know what you were singing about. But anyways, this is his newest album, and uh, a lot of his older music is very poppy and like modern sounding. This album kind of pulls it back. There's a lot of instrumental, uh, or excuse me, not instrumental. There's a lot of orchestral in a couple of the tracks. There are some pop songs on here. Um, Ice Cream is a very... It's probably the song that, if anybody's actually heard anything from this album, that's probably the song that you heard because it's a very poppy song. But there's a song on here called uh, Paloma, and uh, San Remo is also a very good song. Um, And Tiny Love is the song that I was telling you the other day that, for whatever reason, like the first time I heard it, I was... I think it was cooking a casserole or something and I just like started crying. I was like, It's so
2: wonderful.
1: Oh, that's
0: this is the one you were talking about.
1: Okay. It's probably just because it's a It's probably because you were really emotional about that casserole. That was really emotional about that chicken casserole. Was it good? It's very good. I really like this album. No, Um, I meant the casserole. Oh, the casserole. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The casserole turned out okay. Oh, I I didn't burn it. That's Uh, good. It turned out pretty tasty. Screw the music. How I mean, was the damn casserole? I mean, Ritz crackers, uh, sour cream, chicken. Uh, ooh, that sounds delicious. Bake it. Yeah, i like that. There's some other stuff in there too. Poppy seeds, some other stuff. It was. He was tasty. So, is he an
0: instrumentalist or is he just a singer? Or um,
1: he he writes uh, writes uh, the lyrics and the music for all of these. And he's actually a fantastic um, musician. Uh, if on this album does not have any of uh, any tracks where. Uh, how do I put this in words here? Some of his older albums, the extended versions of the albums have acoustic versions of the tracks or pian. It's a piano and him singing where he's like, this is how I developed the song. And then it became this much poppier, you know, we added in a lot of electronic instruments and things like that. Hmm. This one doesn't have any of those, uh, at least not yet. I'm sure an extended edition will come out someday. Um, because of those songs, you can really sit there and listen to and say, "Oh, I can see how he developed this song sitting at the piano, and then how it grew into this very pop song."
0: Okay, so he, he releases kind of like uh, demos of yeah, yeah, and they're usually like the skeletal I, versions of the song. Yeah, the okay,
1: they're uh, they're very good though.
0: Is he a, a, a American or is yeah, he British? British. God damn, those British. Yeah,
1: those British are good. They're wonderful. They're really good. But uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you, like I said, it is probably a little poppy for a lot of our listeners tastes, um, but it's, it's worth a quick listen and you can uh, make it up, make up your own decisions. Sounds good. I'll listen to it.
0: Number four was uh, "Ways" by Cold Stairs. Strangely enough. Right. Hmm. We should talk about, oh no. Talk <laughs> it's almost like line. we like that album. I don't know. It's a good record. It's, <clears throat> oh, it's so the hell is my that? My
1: eyeglass on the mic. Sorry, everybody. Jeez.
0: It was uh it's really good. Indeed. So go ahead, skip, skip the five. All
1: right. Uh, fifth one on mine is uh Cold War Kids, uh New Age Norms 1.
0: I've heard some of that record.
1: It is very mixed, in my opinion. Yeah. So the track that they released, they released two tracks way back. At the beginning of summer, like in June, uh, Complainer and Fourth of July. Complainer, I think, is the standout track on this album. It's a very, it sounds a lot like their older stuff. It's, uh, I think it's a pretty good song. I, I mean, I still, I've been listening to it since July or since May mm. uh, or June, excuse me. Good Lord. I've been listening to it since a month previous to now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> November? June. Oh. No. June. June is when those two tracks came out because it was right before the 4th of July. And they released a track called 4th of July, which is also not a bad song. That's I think I've heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The rest of the album is pretty good. There's, uh, uh, what was the other song? Uh, Fine, Fine, Fine is a pretty fun song. And Tricky Devil is not a bad song either. All in all, I don't like it as much as some, as some of their older albums, but it's a good uh, good release. Well, that's kind of where we landed on a couple of these.
0: Yeah. So far, is that it's good, nah. but not
1: worth a listen.
0: Not great. Right? But it
1: not going to not going to spend a whole uh, episode of the podcast on it, but worth right. a listen in
0: a vacuum of crappy music. It's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the in the vast vacuum of space filled with nothing but crappy music, here are five recommendations that are slightly less crappy. Yes,
0: that's that's how we need to tag this episode. Ooh, there you go. I'll write that down for Christian so he can update it. It's like, these aren't as crappy as some other things we could have <laughs> talked about. Yay. So number five for me is uh, Tool Fear Inoculum.
1: I figured you were going to put this on.
0: And uh, well, you have a rabid fan base like Tool.
1: Literally and they, in some cases. And
0: they delay, delay, delay for 13 years and then they deliver this, you have to put it on your list. And I'm warning everybody who hasn't listened to it out there, if you do listen to it, be warned, this is not a record you can listen to one song at a time to really comprehend what's happening. If you do that, you're missing the point. It's like a metal symphony. And much like a classical piece of music, it has to be listened to all at once. You can't part and parcel it. A drummer, uh, Danny Carey, Who has a solo piece on here called uh chocolate chip trip which is exquisite unreal he originally wanted to make this album one long 88 minute song wow uh but he was talked out of it by the rest of the band um but that's kind of how it's played is that even the interludes are uh necessary to the musical narrative that they're trying to construct if you know Tool, if there are people out there that listen to Tool, if you know Tool, they're, they're long songs, not they're, not their shorter, more poppy ones. They're longer pieces. Uh, build, 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 explode, and then decay. Um, and this record takes that formula, the next logical step, um, to full album length. So it builds, builds, builds. If I was a religious person, this is very much like a religious experience where it's almost mantra-like, where it's just wow over and over and over and over again until it builds with the song called Tempest at the end that's like 16 minutes long. And it's just, it's a roar. And you're like, whoa. And then it finishes with another interlude at the end that's just very peaceful and kind of quaint. Like you, you, you made it. And now it's the decay. And it's not even the best Tool album, in my opinion. It's It's not something that, It's not something that a lot of people can readily digest because it is a commitment. It isn't just, I like track four. It's like, no, if you listen to track four, you're taking things out of context and it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And you have to play the whole thing.
1: You have to listen to it as a whole.
0: Yeah. But it's, uh, to me, it's weird because when it premiered in, in August, I was blown away by it and it was incredibly... Like, oh, we've been waiting 13 years. This is amazing. And then I kind of went through a lull in like October where I'm like, what? Listen to this, I don't know if it's even as good as I thought it was. And then I started listening to it again, and it it's like a like a rubber band where it's like, well, oh, it's not so good. Oh, wait a second. There are things that I missed first time, first 50 times through <laughs> that, that it's still kind of unpacking for me.
1: So what Matthew is saying is... uh When you hear this, it'll probably be slightly after New Year's. Yeah. So it should be 2020 now. Yeah. Just start listening to that album uh, on repeat and uh, sometime around March, you'll understand it. Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) And I think that's what, I think that's how they want it.
0: I mean, they want you to pour over it. There's little nods to previous songs that they've had in their catalog that they reference in here, but not lyrically. And it's kind of like John Williams. Like in a Star Wars movie, when he's when he has a motif from a previous Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. he's not going to play it overtly, because that would be too obvious, but he throws in like a five-note musical reference to it. And if you're quick enough, you'll pick it up and be like, was that? There's a scene in, um, oh, it's the end of Revenge of the Sith. It's going to get totally nerdy. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, when when Luke is dropped off as a baby in Tatooine, mm-hmm. and it's the baby dropping off and there's a Harry Potter reference musically in that scene because John Williams did that. And it's the baby, the Ah. baby scene from Harry Potter. Same thing. He references. And that's just, unless you're not, if, if you know that stuff about the music, you're like, Oh, I recognize that. And that's kind of how tool does it too. That there's references in their music to their earlier stuff without being, I can't think of another riff. I'll just put something old. Yeah. That's, it's very, it's very specific and it's, it's very um, deliberate.
1: My, uh, my personal opinion on Tool is they've never topped the song Intermission. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song. It's, uh... <laughs> uh, you know what? I got a good story about that. I'm going to tell it. And Randy, if this doesn't fit, you can just cut it out later. I'm sorry. The first time I heard that song, we were uh, I was in the backseat of my friend's car. We may or may not have been uh, inebriated on various substances. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I can never pronounce this album. It's Anima, right? It, it, uh, we were listening to it. And all of a sudden that track came on. And it's all upbeat and happy. And it sounds like a calliope organ playing. And uh, <laughs> I was like, what the heck is this? This is fantastic. And my friend was like, this is the worst track on this album. It's horrible. It interrupts everything. I don't like it. And it, it was my friend, Sean. And uh, I was like, it's great. It's a great album.
0: You know, so, that's a an organ version of a song that's two songs later.
1: I did not know that. No. So
0: the guitar riff, two songs later, is what he's playing on the organ. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So they're kind of self-referential, making fun of themselves, which <laughs> which you appreciate. Because you're like, yeah, they know this is music. They're not like. Like solving the world's problems, it's It's
1: art. So, uh, Sean, my friend, who who was like, "I hate that song. I don't like it." A couple months later, got me pretty good because he uh, brought some music over on a CD to a party we were having, and he knows that uh, a few years previous I had gone on a road trip with another friend of mine, and uh, stuck in the cassette player in the car that we were in was the soundtrack to Top Gun. Ooh, and uh, Kenny Loggins. Yeah, a few songs on there, pretty good, but "Mighty Wings." Is I, I cannot stand listening to that song, and if it comes on, I have to leave. So if you ever need to get rid of me, that's how you do it. Just down, down, and I'm like, I'm out. Oh man, that's easy. Right.
0: Hold on, let me make a note of that for later. How to get so, rid of Kyle?
1: My friend Sean hands me the CD. He's like, oh, Yeah, you should play this. It's really good. So I put it in, and I don't remember what the first song there was. I was like, oh, Okay, yeah. Second song comes on. It's Mighty Wings. I was like, ah, you you dick. And I'm like, all right, well, screw it. I'll (laughs) skip, skip. Third song starts. I'm like, okay, yeah, this isn't too bad. Halfway through, the song just blank cuts and it's mighty wings again. (laughs) I was like, God damn it. (laughs) You got Rick rolled. Skip to the next song, same thing, 10, 15 seconds in. And I was like, you son of a bitch. And I took the CD out and threw it out in the backyard. So I got him back a few months later because I did the same thing, but with intermission. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I picked a much better song though. Well, they <laughs> really don't like Mighty Wings, do you? No, I don't. Hmm. It's another one of those songs that is, I can't stand it. It was a long trip to California listening to that over and over and over again and then listening to it all yeah. the way home. You think it's going to be in the new one? Oh god, probably.
0: oh yeah. They have to they have to call that back. Yeah. Come a <coughs> bit of a bit of a, di- bit of a diversion there, but uh,
1: uh, yeah, that was know. good. Every time I think about that, it, it just comes up. Diversions are good. Did you have any runners up? I had a few about?
0: I had a few honorable mentions. Yeah.
1: Honorable mentions? Honorable.
0: Yeah, I had a uh, um Half Moon Run. Uh their new album uh, Blemish in the Great Light is an it's an excellent record. It's just it's a it's a slog. Again, it's it's a concept record. Mm -hmm. So you need to devote some time to it and it's good. I think it's just a little green, but I like it. Um, local natives have a new record called violet light. No violet street, violet street. That, um, is very good. And the third one that I have, which I had talked to you about earlier, I think it's one we're going to delve deeper into later in the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's by Nick cave and the bad seeds. It's called ghost teen. Um, It really is one of the most, it's probably the saddest record I've ever listened to. So you got to be prepped for it.
1: (laughs) Gird yourself beforehand.
0: Because it's just, um, there's a song on there called Waiting For You. Uh, Just to give uh, people uh, the premise of it, his teenage son passed away a couple years ago. So this is a very cathartic kind of... Bearing his soul record. So there's a song on there called Waiting for You and the whole record's about this event. But that one can rival Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton any day of the week. It, it it's it it's a gut punch. And wow. it's 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 hard to listen to, but I think it's almost necessary to listen to. It's it's very it's intense. It, there's a lot to it. Uh, I think that's a good record to explore somewhere down the road. It's it's uh it's it's pretty amazing. But it didn't make the list just because I didn't have an, enough time, I think, to explore it. So,
1: you were afraid your tear ducks weren't going to be able to suck the tears back. I probably in couldn't talk uh, about it. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. And you? Uh, yeah, I got a few. Uh, this Land by Gary Clark Jr. That's actually a great. It is a, a, it's a it really is a good, good record. It's a very good album. Yeah. And it is very um, unexpected. And it's a, a an interesting mash of sort of, I don't even know if you want to say, it's a little country. It's a little rock. It's a little hip hop. Well, I'm a little bit country. And I'm a little bit rock and roll. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that. uh Golden Gray by Baroness is a very good hit uh, like hard rock album. So
0: you like that, huh?
1: I do. I can't, can't get into it. I can't
0: can get into it. I can see why. I tried. It's I just couldn't do it. Metal fans, yeah. It's probably enjoy it. I just I tried really hard because uh, because we have a
1: we have a personal connection with the guitar player.
0: Right. And I I just couldn't get my arms around it, mm. so to speak. It was it's just it's a little too dense. It is very for me.
1: um it's it's not quite like I don't want to call metal light, but it's it's a very uh it's like a step up from metal in complexity a lot of this. I don't even want to say that. It's, it's weird. It's a very weird album in where it sits because you almost think of it as it's it's not heavy enough to be heavy metal. Mm. It's not light enough to be what I would consider hard rock. It's uh, it's very uh, layered I, and, and,
0: and... I feel like it's... Um, complicated. I don't know if you're familiar with a band called the Mars Volta. Yeah. It's like math metal. Yes. It's very... Technical. Intricate to the point where it's disjointing it's it's disjointed it's very where you would expect musically because everyone in their brain kind of expects changes to come at certain times is it like that's that's what makes pop music pop music because the way it's written is very pleasing to the ear because your brain's like there will be a change here there is a change here yeah and this is not that way and they come in unexpected times and it's 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 difficult to listen to yeah unless you kind it's, of train your ear to to be accepting of that
1: i feel like it's kind of one of those things where in every field you know they say okay here's all the 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 sort of unspoken rules of you know the unspoken rules of filmmaking or the unspoken rules of writing or the unspoken rules of uh, you know dance or whatever and you learn all those rules and then you follow all those rules and then eventually you get good enough where you can say oh i can break this rule here because mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And they are doing that through this whole album. They're saying, we're going to do a tempo change here and it shouldn't happen, but we can do this because we know what we're doing. But it's so much of that compressed into one album. Right. It's kind of like, oh, okay, you have to think about this while you're listening to it. And like you said, you have to adapt to listening to it. Very much so. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think that, you know, give it a listen if you've got a chance out there and uh, see what you think.
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely listen to it but be prepared.
1: Yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be one of those albums where you either like it or hate it.
0: There was another record that appeared on like a ton of top 50 lists by a band called Black Midi. It's it's very similar. Not as metally, y mm-hmm. but definitely uh, math rock. Math it's rock. A, it's it's what is that? Like it, it it seems it's like a record is skipping. Like well, it sounds <laughs> like the record's skipping. Like why does it why does it keep doing that? Well, that, that's the changes they're putting in, and it's like Discord and stuff, and you're like, no, 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 they shouldn't have put that there, <laughs> and so you have to kind of adapt to it, yeah. And if you don't, it's going to be a very uncomfortable experience generally,
1: so. yeah.
0: And you have, do you have another one?
1: I do. I've got two more actually. Okay. Uh, cool. Outer piece by uh, Toro Imoa. Mm. It is a very. Um, this is a little bit more, probably outside of the realm of most of what. Uh, most of what our listeners l- would normally listen to. It's very techno adjacent. I guess it's <laughs> a, ah, good, tech- a good word for techno adjacent. Techno adjacent.
0: So next door.
1: Yes. Uh, I enjoyed it though. It uh, it's, I don't remember when I first heard it a few months ago, but uh, it's very interesting and I liked it and I liked it enough that I was like, it was on my list of albums. I was like, mm, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, last one is, uh, and the only reason this even is even on here is because I completely forgot that this came out this year.
0: Is it Coldplay? No.
1: Okay, good. Uh, Hyperspace by Beck. Oh yeah. And it just, what's funny to me is it just came out, but Saw Lightning, which is the, the, you know, pushed hit off of it has been playing on the radio since like February or March. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I've heard it so many times that it's like, oh yeah. Okay, there it is again. Oh, yeah, there it is again. It's not
0: my favorite Beck record.
1: It's definitely not my favorite Beck record. No. But it's uh, not a bad record.
0: It's not bad. It's not bad. And he's Mm -hmm. one of those artists that he can kind of reinvent himself. Yes. Every 10 years or so and make good records still. Yeah. To me, that wasn't one of his best efforts. Agreed. Sea Change is a fantastic record. Oh, Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So Beck. There you go. I got that right now. Back here. So those are our lists. That's it. Um, I want to hear your lists, please, Chris. I know you're listening, and I know you have 150 somehow that you could probably <laughs> tell me about and go, "Why didn't you listen to this, jackass?" <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm sorry. The
1: rest of you too. Yeah, everybody. Even, else. even if you can't come up with, even if you can't come up with five albums, come up with one. Yeah. Tell us what your favorite album of 2019 was. We want to hear it. I know that you'll be listening to this in early 2020, Yeah, but that's okay. A Retrospective.
0: Tell us Billie Eilish's record is the best record of 2019. And you know what? For a lot of people, it is. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's pretty good. It's not the style that I enjoy necessarily, but I know it's a good record. So tell me. So write in and say, I love that record. Please. Tell Uh, me that Lana Del Rey's Norman fucking Rockwell is the best record of 2019. And maybe it is. Yeah. I didn't know that it was actually called that yeah. until the other day. but
1: A lot of people have been referring it to uh, NFR.
0: Ah, the which is, National Finals Rodeo. Yeah, gotcha.
1: that was why I kept because uh, I kept hearing it as uh, <laughs> Lana Del Rey's NFR. And I'm like, NFR? She made a country what record? The hell? And then all of a sudden I saw it and I was like, oh, Norman fucking Rockwell. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not for sale at Walmart. No. 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 But uh, please do. Email us. Info at audiojudo.com. Uh, you can get in touch with us on social media, facebook.com forward slash audio judo uh, at audio judo on both Twitter and Instagram.
0: And uh, first episode of 2020, uh, we'll be talking about childish Gambino's awaken my love. So oh, that's yeah. going to be an exciting Once is where we're, we're going to venture into some uh, hip hop R and B type fields.
1: An area that neither of us know anything about.
0: It's going to be fabulous. <laughs> I have a little bit. I, a little bit of experience in it.
1: I can sing all of "Rapper's Delight." God, I hope that happens.
0: <laughs> it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, if you have any um, recommendations for next year, we have we have several months kind of mapped out. But let us know what you'd like us to talk about, and yeah. we'll put it on the list. And we're looking forward to a full, exciting 2020. Oh, yeah. And we hope you'll be uh, listening to us. So, uh, have a good and safe. Holiday. Actually, you'll probably be listening to us after the holiday's over. So I hope you had a I, safe holiday.
1: We hope you didn't die over the holidays. Yeah, that
0: would be bad. <laughs> I can't lose tens of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we hope you come back and keep listening to us, and uh, have a great
1: couple of weeks, everybody. Yeah, have a good 2020, everybody. Bye bye. Look at me. Look at me. What did you say, Randy? <laughs> oh, look at me. Look at me. L- hey. You too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not so loud. Not so loud.
2: <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.